0: Welcome to the What Boundaries podcast. My name is Richard Hill and I'm the events and competitions manager for the England and Wales Cricket Board, looking after all of the competitions for disability cricket. I'm really pleased to be at uh, Valley Ends Cricket Club, who are a huge advocate for disability cricket with a fantastic group of people that are making our game accessible for uh, so many people across so many impairment groups. And it's a delight for me to be able to record this introduction to the podcast series, and I hope you enjoy it.
1: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Today, we're talking all things the Valley End Rascals, the disabled team. So, pass you over to Susan to talk to us about um, where we've come from. Hi,
2: I'm here to tell you a little bit about Valley End. Rascals and Rascals is the name given to the disabled cricket team that play at Valley End. My bit really relating to it is that I started the Rascals team about 20 years ago. So one of my sons is disabled and he wanted to play cricket. There wasn't the opportunity for him but we saw uh, a display on TV that was given about disabled cricket and so we thought well it can happen and we realized that we would have to make it happen so we found a couple of people locally who played wheelchair cricket already and they said that we could come along and use the hall when they were training and that's how it started so that led us on a journey and of course if you want to have children playing cricket and sport you have to go through all the sort of paperwork so we went through Active Surrey doing all their um, Active Surrey bronze gold etc to get all the um, code of conduct and you know protection things in and all of that sort of bureaucracy that's needed to ensure that there's safe play and then over time it grew and uh, we were lucky we had five wheelchair players and we had a number of other people with sort of learning disabilities etc and um, we had people from quite a wide catchment area coming to play cricket because there was nothing for them available locally so even though we're based in Surrey so over near Chobham at that time we were based in a hall in Adelstone and we had people coming from as far as central London to come out and play uh, disabled cricket. 20 years later, I can say that quite a few of them are still with us, which uh, <laughs> is really lovely to know that they've sort of kind of grown up with the club and taken on other roles within the club as well. So that's that's kind of how it started. So
1: how did sort of, you get involved with Valley End then with this?
2: So we were playing in a hall in Addlestone and Valley End were planning to redevelop a site that they'd purchased to expand their cricket facilities. And of course they had to make it wheelchair friendly. So they were told that um, we, were a real, we were a disabled club to come along and chat to us. And so that time I met Adrian Gale and he came along with all the plans and showed us what the ambitions were for Valley End Cricket Club. We got talking and then he was like, well, if you're playing here, and we've got to make the facilities wheelchair accessible. Why don't you come and join us over at Valley End? And this was really a great opportunity because prior to this, we had people coming along and they do their training session then disappear. And it was very kind of solitary because there wasn't much opportunity to mix with other um, disabled people or, or other people socially. So from that initial meeting, A new pavilion got built, the grounds were built, there was an artificial pitch built which is all sort of wheelchair accessible and the players moved over to Valley End and gradually we've sort of built the club up and um, we're sort of fully integrated within to the club which is brilliant. So we have some of our older players playing in some of the social teams and we have various members involved in other activities so we have Lottie who's involved with coaching and scoring within the main part of the club and within the Rascals and we also have some of the other coaches um, getting involved in coaching Rascals players and we just have a really you know really nice friendly setup within the club, everyone being very, very supportive.
1: So what's the sort of age range and is it a mixed disability? What have, what have you got at Rascals?
2: So it's mixed disability, it always has been mixed disability. Um, so by that I mean some people have learning disabilities, some people have a physical disability. Now it's not a club that focuses on visual impairment or deaf because there are separate clubs that are available, um, not too far away for them. But uh, we do have... Um, people in wheelchairs, uh, cerebral palsy, and various other sort of disabilities. And then we just sort of adapt and work with the player's own level of ability to try and improve their cricket skills. So each session is broken down. There's various sort of um, training goals that are set up for them, and they sort of work on that. And then they come together to sort of put their skills together into a sort of mini match process, and then As cricket has gone by, the level of awareness around disabled cricket has increased. There are more teams, more opportunities to play. So this year has been a really good year. We've had quite a few opportunities to play other teams with disabled cricketers.
1: And how do people get involved with the Rascals? So
2: if they're interested in getting involved with Rascals, then they can contact me through the website and through, we've got Valley End Facebook social media groups, so any of those can be used to contact us directly. You know, the easiest thing sometimes is just to arrange a time to talk. So the best um, way to contact me really is through email, which is rascals at com. So that's uh, the easiest way to contact me and then we just arrange a time to chat really find out a little bit about your needs or the child's needs and we take it from there. You mentioned um, what age range, so I'd say the youngest players that we've had have been about seven years old and then um, they grow right up to adults and we kind of split the training session around so that everyone has an opportunity to work at a level appropriate for them. We have um, people with cerebral palsy, um, we have uh, learning disabilities, autism, etc. And um, we have uh, players who have some sort of sensory impairment as well.
1: So how has Rascals grown and just generally in Surrey, the disability teams um, through the time you've been involved with it?
2: Oh my gosh, through the time? Well, there's been huge changes. I remember when we started, I mean, you know, it was very much sort of like one man band and myself and, you know, my husband at the time were sort of like trying to get it off the ground. He actually had to train as a coach in order to be able to start it up. So that was, um, you know, a, a learning curve. And then we were trying to get involved. I mean, we went through the process with Active Surrey to sort of try and gain some recognition and help expand it. And that was, you know, quite a long process. And we started to develop links with Surrey and raising our profile. So, you know, it was quite a lot of um, work behind the scenes sort of as a sort of volunteer to sort of try and get it kick-started. And then it went through sort of Sort of difficult time for a few years. I mean, we did move to Valley End. There was building work going on, etc. And um, and then it was kind of uh, we had to we couldn't really recruit new players because there was so much building work going on at Valley End. And we had some people leave because they'd gone off to college, etc., etc. So numbers went right down. But Now that we've got all the facilities in place, the last couple of years have really seen a huge growth and that is also partly because Surrey have have had a dedicated disability cricket development officer and they've been a really good liaison point, but also because they go into lots of different schools, lots of different facilities, they've been able to help promote the fact that we're a club with a dedicated team we've got excellent facilities you know we've got an artificial pitch so it doesn't you know even in you know inclement weather we can still play and um, provide these opportunities for people with disabilities to continue to play cricket and that didn't exist a few years ago and the Expansion of disabled cricket in the last few years has been absolutely huge. As a result of this role and the close liaison that Surrey have with us, and with going into schools and other voluntary groups.
1: So you mentioned sort of Surrey and and that. Do you get the opportunity to play other in other places in Surrey, or is it sort of just in, in the club? How does it go about playing games and all that?
2: Well, I mean, this year there's been. Um, quite a few opportunities to play which is great because for years we've just had sort of training sessions with not much out of it because there hasn't really been other teams to play against but now there are several teams around the county that are setting up their own disabled cricket teams and um, and that means there's more opportunity for us to play as a, as a sort of bespoke club we play on Sundays from sort of 10 30 to Twelve thirty or one o'clock depending on when the coaches want to finish really because they're like yeah we'll just continue it's like oh my gosh anyway um so you we've got that opportunity just to be flexible on our timings etc so they do that but it just makes it all part of building that rapport and social side with the players and integrating them into the club so that's really nice
1: so Susan, as a parent of a disabled child and sort of being involved and in seeing how the club has blossomed, what do you see the benefits and what do all of these these participants get out of um the disabled cricket and rascals?
2: That's a really good question, actually. I mean, obviously, as a parent, you know, I am i would do anything to sort of try and help my child, and that was really important to me when he was younger. Now, of course, he's an adult, and he's quite able to sort himself out with entertainment, so you know, I don't get a look-in, really. But, <laughs> but when he was younger, it was a really good opportunity for him. Um, he went to a mainstream school, so there weren't other kids with Sort of complex disabilities like he had. So it was an opportunity for him to relate to other people with disabilities. Uh, There was the social side of it, sort of, you know, making friends outside of school again, an opportunity he wouldn't normally get and um, and just trying to build up some skills. Because, I mean, when he was a bit older, he was sort of 12, and I remember going to a physio session, they're like, oh, it's all functional skills now. It's up to him to incorporate his exercise. And of course, he didn't want to do that. So cricket was a way of ensuring that he would get some activity. He would be, you know, working on balance or hand-eye coordination or something like that, which otherwise he probably wouldn't have done so that was also satisfying i think now um seeing some of the other players and um what they do you know just watching their skills develop i think it's a bit easier because you can be a bit more objective and it's not your own child and i'm still not a cricket coach and i still don't really know anything about cricket i leave that to the professional coaches to do something about that but I'm very good at chatting to people. I think that's my forte.
1: Credit to you, and thank you for all you've done for it all. Um, yeah, especially not being a cricketer yourself, you've you've taken <laughs> you've taken what was a few people and grown it into where it is now. So yeah, really great job.
2: I really appreciate Lottie that you've turned around and said thank you, even though you're not a cricketer, because. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else around here has just been falling around laughing because they know how true that statement is. But you know, somebody needs to do some of the admin and you know get everybody else involved and make tea and squash. You, you have taken that role on very well, actually,
1: Adrian. Yeah. So. Well, where would we be if you weren't getting these people in? So <laughs> you do you do all the bits that we don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Delegation.
2: Delegation.
1: So now we're welcomed by Neil. Um, I'll let you introduce yourself, Neil, and what you do with Surrey. Um, So welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you, Lottie. Uh, My name's Neil Bunting. My title at Surrey is Disability Development Officer. The role is around trying to provide opportunities for particularly young people, but people with additional needs to enjoy the various benefits of cricket, playing or generally being involved.
1: Nice. And how did you get involved with um, sort of the disability side of cricket? Were you doing other parts with Surrey before that or how's it all come about?
0: It happened by accident really. Cricket and sport have been my thing for ages. I spent quite a lot of time coaching cricket, running events and so forth um, in this country and, and abroad and it was really good fun. And then I should have looked this date up, but it probably seven years ago or so I was invited to run a session with limb power at stoke Mandeville. it was their junior games and i said yeah i'd love to do it i went along not really knowing what to expect and the the event was uh there were probably 30 or 40 young people there mainly with a physical disability very quickly um i realized that it was just cricket it was yeah, the fact that the young people had a disability didn't really change what we were doing. We adapted perhaps with a, the the size of the ball or the size of the bat or the the equipment, the balls maybe, but it was still cricket. And at the end of the day, I realised I thoroughly enjoyed it. And what I particularly enjoyed was the fact that he was working with some young people and their families and carers and parents and so forth who perhaps hadn't had a, a lot of opportunity to play cricket before. Cricket was one of five or six different sports that were going on in rotation during the day. But everybody was so enthusiastic and, and just the sheer joy of a young person who perhaps not had much chance to play cricket whacking a ball with a big smile on their face. I just loved it. I thought it was brilliant. That was, that was how I, that was my first go at it. Very soon after, actually, I the other extreme almost, I went to uh, an event for people with Alzheimer's at the... Hampshire County ground, the GS bowl. Um, and again, not, I didn't really know what to expect. The people who came along possibly had more complex or more severe cases of Alzheimer's than I'd anticipated to the point where not many people were very verbal and I thought this to be quite a tough, tough, um, afternoon. But for, for most of them, once we got playing some cricket, all of a sudden it seemed to resonate with them. There were smiles on faces. People did start talking. They clearly were remembering the enjoyment of having played it previously. So in the in the course of literally two or three weeks, I'd worked with people who the youngest was probably four, and the oldest would have been in their 80s. But from there, I just ended up doing lots more. I um, connected with Surrey, not working for Surrey, but um, got to know the the disability program at sorry and ended up delivering at Epsom, which was my the club where I coached. We set up a super ones is the Lord's Taverners funded weekly sessions for young people with additional needs. We set up a, a a hub in Epsom, and I think Adrian we met at Lightwater Leisure Centre dur- probably during. Covid immediately prior to Covid.
3: Yes, yeah, so that would have, no it was before Covid because it was when Surrey Heath were trying to do their stuff. So maybe
0: two thousand eighteen, nineteen. Probably earlier than that, seventeen, eighteen. Well, okay. it's, Time flies. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's oh, very early.
0: Yeah. So we we ran a few sessions there, and I got involved in a couple of the other hubs that were running. Alongside that, personally, I'm, with a, with a couple of colleagues, we ran a, a small um, community interest company. We set it up with the purpose of trying to get some funding to be able to do more cricket with, uh, young people, with people with additional needs. Part of it was around just providing opportunities to play cricket, but part of it was, okay, what other benefits can, can come out of playing a, a regular sport, uh, and very quickly it became apparent that it was an opportunity to make some new friends, to build some confidence, to... Um, to develop some skills that that might improve sort of life chances and and general quality of life. And from that, uh, I won't go on too much more, but from that, the job came up at Surrey, and it pretty much mirrored what I was doing independently, and so I applied for that, and you know, doing it working for Surrey, not having to chase all of the funding. Has been good,
1: yeah. That sounds sounds really, really cool. So, how have things sort of change? You've been in it for a while now. How have you seen things grow and change within your time being involved with all of it?
0: I mean, some of it is just me becoming more aware of what's going on. So, the more you do, the more you realize that what is going on out there. So, connected with various different charities, um, main cap, um, we, we've done some work with them, having um, and it tends to to snowball a bit. You do, you, uh, everybody knows everybody in the end and you work with somebody who then introduces you to somebody else. So worked with Whiz Kids and Wheelpower. Power, well, I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about that, and the wheelchair cricket a bit later on. The Super ones, which again is the Lord's Taverners program, five or six years ago it was just in London, four counties. It's now in 35 counties and in Scotland and so forth. So as a initiative, that has definitely grown. In Surrey, we've now got nine hubs. They're all different. They've all evolved differently. One of them's at the Oval. I probably mentioned before that despite it being a, an international sports stadium of some repute, it's proved quite difficult getting people to come along. At the other extreme, yourselves, who are clearly the biggest in the county, and I don't know how many you've got on your books now, but it must be in the 20s, 31. Yeah, various others. there's a couple of new ones. Uh, Wimbledon's not very old. So we've built up to nine in the county. Possibly that, they maybe one more, but in the end, just keep trying to get more is not the answer, I don't think. I think it's allowing uh, hopefully all of them, but certainly some of them, to develop to a similar size to the Rascals and Valley End, so that then there could be more meaningful fixtures between clubs within Surrey. Um, I know that's something that you're keen on some of, yeah. some of them they're, they're hosted at cricket clubs but the cricket club has very little basically it's a venue so it's a couple of sorry coaches will go along and deliver the session for a week and that's fine as an it end in itself it's good where it works better is where the club has a very definite connection to it and, and um, I've invested in it and again, shows what can happen if if that's the case. so
1: and, and who are these sessions sort of open for? Is it you're wanting to come along to these sessions?
0: The Super Wants program is nine to 25-year-olds, which is quite a wide range. It's anybody with any additional need. Probably, I would say, maybe three quarters of the people across the program generally will have a learning disability. Some of them will have a, a physical disability as well. Maybe 15, 20% of the players will have solely a physical disability but it works and the fact that uh, it's pan disability is is a benefit i think um it allows people to to make friends across all parts of society and i think that works really well so that program is up to 25 however the need obviously doesn't stop at 25 Uh, sorry we've got very modest amount of funding which has allowed us to run some sessions with older adults and some of them are as old as me coming along playing cricket every week um with with similar results to be honest it's um it's it's people who enjoy getting together making some new friends the thrill of of catching throwing and batting maybe doing things that they never thought they could do or never thought their cricket's not for me so the opportunities should be for everybody I suppose it's understandable that there is some funding aimed at young people, but I think it it's important.
1: So my only other questions for Neil was gonna be about where you see it going, where you wanna see it go, and then how to what to do if they want to get involved.
0: We we sort of touched earlier on about match opportunities. So I think getting more young people, people with additional needs, playing cricket and providing more opportunities to play in tournaments one-off matches a league that would be that would be brilliant Now we obviously there are opportunities for young people from various disability clubs and so forth to play in sorry matches which is great but obviously that that won't be everybody but i think if we could build <coughs> excuse me if we could build something that would mean that the fully and rascals for instance have a fixture list of six or eight games in the summer, maybe even some indoor tournaments. I think that would be popular with the players. Um it would give some additional purpose to all the training. So that's definitely one thing. The other thing is the additional benefits. So we we did some employability related stuff at the Oval with some young people over the course of this year. Resulted in 13 people coming and doing some work experience at the Oval. Developing their CVs, developing their interview techniques. Uh, we've also had some slightly older young people, people who play super nines cricket, who now are paid employees at the Oval, working on match days. I think increased opportunities for young people to be able to do that would be would be brilliant. Working with some older people, we we there was a a chap. I'm guessing he's in his thirties. His mum sent me a photo this week of him spending his first ever paycheck, buying himself some DVDs uh HMB, if it's, that's still open somewhere anyway. Um, and that, I thought that was fantastic. You know, just the uh, sheer delight and uh, pride for him working. It was a photo of him working at the Oval, and then another one of him spending his hard-earned cash. So... I think if, if you said, what are my ambitions? It would be to increase match opportunities and the joy of playing cricket, but also life opportunities, um, whether that's being paid to work at the Oval or somewhere else, um, but just developing some skills. And it could be even be at the club. Young people um, moving through from being a, a rascal to coaching at Rascals or being a volunteer at the club um helping prepare the pitches, helping do the scoring, whatever it is. But if, if if the programs that we work on can allow people to develop in those directions, I think that, that that's very worthwhile.
1: So it's a lot more than about than just playing cricket. It's about everything else as well, which is great. I
0: think it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Right, that's
1: all that's all really fantastic. If somebody is listening to this and they think that this is something they want to get involved in. What do I do?
0: By all means, get in touch with me. If you give out my email address, I'm happy that my mobile number goes on there. Um, if anybody's wants to know more, not everybody can necessarily work at the Oval um, this season, but yeah, there are opportunities. I've, I've personally been very impressed with uh, the level of commitment. So we we ran sort of interviews, mock interviews, and it included the HR department at the Oval, along with our uh, the sponsor first century investors who sponsor the disability teams so yeah stay in contact with me and we'll we'll see what we can do definitely
1: yeah i will leave your um information in the description below so people can go down and have a look and um, yeah definitely get in touch and if there was people listening who aren't in surrey are there similar sort of people elsewhere do you know how they might go about if they're not from surrey
0: if you google super ones and the county that you live in as i say most counties now will have somebody who will have a super ones program but sailing that they can still contact me and i can connect them with uh, the relevant person in their area
1: oh that's great well thank you neil for joining us and that's been
0: Pleasure.
1: really interesting and um, and hopefully things with the disability will keep going up
0: thank you very much
3: as susan's already said she had to start rascals because 20-plus years ago, there wasn't the support network or the awareness of disabled sport and disabled cricket. And it was just fortuitous that Valley End had just acquired Woodlands Lane in 2000, and we were looking to design and develop the Woodlands Lane facility as a fully accessible, properly integrated community cricket club not just pay lip service to the Disability Discrimination Act. And because of the fact there were so few setups um, for people to play cricket, the club's catchment area is huge. It's pretty much the whole of Surrey. Because there's people like yourself, Christian, who've come down from the other side of the Oval for many years. And we've got people who come up from Hampshire and whatnot. But so the idea of a village club doing all the disability stuff as well won't happen because there simply aren't that many disabled people who necessarily want to play cricket. Over the last 20 years, we've gone from rascals with seven or eight players one or two coaches to, as we've just said, 30-plus players and a hardcore of seven coaches. Now, over 20 years, that's a lot better. But the thing that really makes a difference is the fact that falling out of the old disability working group which Surrey set up five, six years ago, we are now aware of other clubs doing the same thing. And Neil sitting there... Unfortunately, it's piggy in the middle part of the time, bringing us all together so that you're not all on your own. There is this better awareness. It's not just an awareness of people, it's the awareness of clubs and what each club can offer. Because, you know, we get people come to us who have specific VI disabilities that we can't handle, so we know the people who can, so we can make sure we point them in the right direction.
1: So it's kind of developed now to be... You were your own thing, but you've still got Surrey of there to help support everybody. And... Yeah.
3: Surrey's the big umbrella. We've got, as Neil said, we've got the nine hub clubs and other people are doing their own thing. No one wants to train forever and not play. The whole point of ultimately doing hour after hour of training is to enjoy yourself on a Sunday afternoon and play a match. And that's where we are now up to because we've got enough people locally that we can go to and get matches. Nils, sort of. How many
0: county games are there a year? Five, six? Super Nines, which is a softball format, there's been three festivals the last. So we host one, Hampshire host one and Sussex host one. Kent were involved in ours this year, so hopefully that might go up we were we were able to put two teams in the surrey one so that does provide opportunities but i think as we as we said earlier um other opportunities for to play as a club would be good also i don't think we should be precious about county boundaries i know you've got a good uh, relationship with hollyport who are berkshire um also you're on the border with Hampshire as well, so maybe that's a, that's something that we could look at. You know, who are the big hubs in Hampshire, and are there some more fixtures to be had relatively easily there? So, yeah, I think that
3: is really where the expansion has to come. Is there aren't magically going to be fifty percent more people wanting to play? Just that we are going to have to be happy to travel that bit further.
0: I think it's it's right what you said. Uh, a bit early though about awareness is people knowing that, that it's available. So one of the other things that we're doing at the moment, we're able to go into schools in curriculum time, which previously we didn't have the funding to do it, delivering perhaps six weeks of cricket to young people with additional needs, and we, we make people aware that at the end of it, right, who's enjoying it, who wants to play some more cricket, here's your opportunities. Uh, It's not easy, necessarily, to join it up with handing out a flyer or which then has to get home in the school bag and then um, mum or dad or, or whoever's the carer reading it and then translating that into somebody coming along on a Sunday is not easy. But I wonder if we can be canny about the schools that we're in close to Valley End, could we somehow invite them to Valley End.
3: Yeah, well, it's not just Valley End, is it? It's the fact that you can go into a school and say, this is what disability cricket feels like. If you want to give it a go, there's the nine clubs in Surrey and there are other places out there. Definitely, yeah, you're right. So there, there is a route. I mean, it is knowing where you can go.
0: It is, yeah. What we've found is just trying to go from... A delivery in a school to basically asking the kids to tell your mum, tell your dad, I want to play more cricket, uh, put this under their nose, that doesn't necessarily translate into lots and lots more participants. So I wonder, let's say we're in four schools in the Woking, Camberley area. If we said, okay, at the end of this, there's going to be a little tournament at Valley End Cricket Club Ask your mum and dads along to watch. That's then an opportunity to showcase the club, show parents their children who potentially won't have got picked for school teams previously and things like that. So it'll be, very often it's a, a, a real joy to see their children playing sport competitively, and just in, in a fantastic location, safe and so forth. So I wonder if that is something that we could look at next year. As a means of, uh, uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't just be the ends, but this is what we're talking about. So it goes back to
3: you know the magic word is being aware of it. There, there yeah. is lots of places out there that do it. But if I was a parent of, I don't know, a six-year-old or eight-year-old who wanted to play cricket with a had a disability, we need to drag it all together somewhere. It's so I don't don't know whether we just say you know ECB. Has a slot somewhere on them, so you know, ECB disability outlets or something, I don't know.
0: We, over the summer, we've done quite a few, we've done some stuff with variously, Fulham, Crystal Palace, different organisations running one-off events, and from that, we've probably had eight people say, oh, my son, my daughter came along, really enjoyed it, Where, where can they go and play? And that, two or three of them are pointed at Valley End. Yeah, I, I think parents actually seeing their child doing it, enjoying it, and is is really powerful. I mean,
3: another thing that I don't think we explain well enough is that we we talk about the kids coming down in smiles on faces and enjoying themselves, but you also get the smiles on the parents' faces where they come along, they get a couple of hours peace and quiet quite often although we do drag them into play more often than not but they enjoy watching the kids train they enjoy the kids being active and they enjoy meeting other parents people who have got a similar situation to them you know they're not then so isolated i mean we even had the birthday party this year that was quite worrying so i think going up on from where We are different from the rest of the club. The number one thing, and luckily she's not here, is Susan. Susan doing the medical officer bit makes all the rest of our jobs so much easier because she has the parent debrief. So we know what to expect when the kids turn up day one and we can already, before they get there, start working out how we tailor stuff to suit them. And I don't know how... Cricket generally finds the money to try and get people with similar skill set to Susan to help out with other disabled clubs. That's a big challenge.
0: I think you're right. I think it it's has a massive impact and, and it, it would be a challenge to replicate it elsewhere. Well, yeah, it's a huge cost. The other thing is I,
3: where I think we have now gone through the first couple of iterations of. Players and things we managed to retain a lot of them, and now we've got players who are already doing coaching badges and have previously done coaching badges. I mean, we've got the likes of Tom who came along when he was 14 to do his DOE community badge, and we can't get rid of him now. Oh, he's <laughs> you know 24 or something. I mean, yeah, but it's you know he's, he's part of the furniture, and he really is. Bought into it is the fact that it is fun. It, you know, if it wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. And I think we can't big up too much. Where the likes of Christian and Lottie and Tom and Fraser and all the other ones have been through the mill without now putting back into the system. It's great. Oh, you could And I was even done out of doing any coaching on Sunday because they all decided they didn't need me. They all went off and did their own thing. It was great. Come to us all, Adrian. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, some of us earlier than others. How Surrey sort of pulls the hub together. Because I didn't mention the disability working group, but we haven't really have one of them this year.
0: Yeah, I mean I've I'd, I'd been to probably two of them. As you know, we've uh Gavin, who ran that, has moved on. So it's something that, yeah, we definitely want to do. There's definitely value in it. A lot of these things AGMs and meetings like this happen in October, don't they? So maybe that's... We'll aim for a month's time and we'll get something together. I think you're right.
3: Yeah, I think, again, it it was really useful for us, especially in the early days, because we bumped into like Merstam and all the other clubs that were trying to do something similar. Yeah. So you didn't end up reinventing the wheel every
0: time. Yeah, yeah, I think you yeah, might will do that. I'll put it on my list.
1: So you've mentioned sort of this super ones and then the super nines you've mentioned as well what are sort of the differences there and what's sort of the progress that someone might start at super ones and then how do they carry on their cricket from that
0: super ones is the local weekly sessions super nines is the sort of introductory level of representative cricket playing for surrey they're softball pairs games normally well we for the last three or four years we've not entered the league we've chosen to to um, host and attend festivals so typically it'd be three or four counties you play uh three matches on the day really good fun we don't necessarily select on merit it's important that the people who play are going to be safe playing so need to be adept enough at cricket that they're not that they know how the game works so they're not going to either get hurt or whatever. As I say, we don't tend to pick on sheer ability. So, it's where somebody wants to wants to take their cricket a bit further. We try to support that. We are thinking about entering a Super Nines league, which would be similar against similar teams. So, Sussex, Hampshire, the Isle of Wight have a team. So, overseas tour for that one. Essex, Kent. If we did that, we would have to be slightly more, I think we'd end up doing both. So, we would Pick on merit, probably for uh, the Super Nines League team. And then we'd still have opportunities for less experienced players to still get some county, play some county games, but in a festival sort of uh, atmosphere. Then above that, we have two hardball teams first and second team who play in the, uh, it's called D40. It's um, the 40 relates to the number of overs, 40 over matches, 40 overs per side. So we generally do pretty well. They won the competition two years ago. Didn't do quite so well this year. And we're one of, I suppose. Sorry, is a populous county. We're able to put out two teams. Not every county is. So that's that. That's the the hierarchy of the of the teams. There's also the disability Premier League, which Valley um, End very kindly host. You've probably done it several times, haven't you? You've probably done it this year, last year. We did it, we've done it twice and once was rained off, wasn't it?
1: So they know two years ago they did it, then they did it this year. Last year they did it elsewhere.
0: Yeah. So that's really the next level up. It's four franchise-type teams picked from the best county players. Then above that, there are there are um, international teams. So there, there are genuine opportunities for people who want to take cricket further, to progress, and several Surrey players are likely to be going to South Africa playing for England, either learning disability or physical disability in the autumn. So, uh, last year they, they won the Ashes in in Australia. So.
1: And you've mentioned this sort of pan disability, so that's mixed disability. So everybody plays together. Is that all disabilities together or sometimes do they split up? How does it work?
0: So up to the Premier League, it is pan disability. In the last couple of years, it's included people with a hearing impairment. So it's um, the only, the only impairment, which is separate and it's a, it's a different game, really, and Adrian mentioned it's VI cricket, but it's, so it's pan disability up until the, the premier league, a team at the international level, it then reverts to, there's a learning disability team, physical disability team, other team for people with hearing impairment. Not quite sure why that is, why, why it hasn't uh, gone all the way up as pan disability, but. Uh, that's how it is.
1: And you said you think it's nice.
0: I guess because other countries, you've got to play against somebody and if other countries do it that way, you've got to match up. And it works
1: well sort of having that mixture of all the disabilities playing together.
0: It does. It's certainly, in the last two or three years, introducing people with with a hearing impairment into the mix has raised the standard. We were lucky this year to be able to have Surrey played Middlesex at the Oval. Uh, back in May the Middlesex opening bowler had been clocked at, as an 80 mile an hour bowler plays Premier League cricket and minor counties cricket he, he has a hearing impairment so it's introduced probably some uh, slightly more experienced or, or let's say better players into it but that's just raised the whole standard people have had to Get better to compete and have done. So yeah, I
3: think it's worked well. You don't actually have to have a physical or learning disability if you come along with your brother or sister or whatever, and you want to keep them company. You know, we we've had several able-bodied people who come along and just to play with their brothers or sisters. I mean, the classics. Fraser, him and his brother played together for. I know, longer than I care to remember For a long time
0: well, I think that's really important I think,
3: Yeah, I think the thing is It is a full family thing yeah. Everybody gets something out of it It's one of the other reasons Why we quite like the idea Of going to the Eastwood Centre Because if your brother or sister Doesn't want to play cricket But they want to go and have a swim They can they can use the swimming pool But it's a full family day like, Yeah, Everyone's happy it's, It is the awareness That we are here and we've got to make finding us easier. I don't know how we do it, but that's got to be the challenge, isn't it?
0: That's very true. We still get people who you know, come along to things and try cricket and either not realise it's there at all or just assumed actually, cricket's not something that my child can do. They can't do it because cause of whatever reason. So, yeah, it's raising the awareness that it is there and give it a try because you... You can do it, and you will enjoy.
3: Well, the reason why we're doing this, I suppose.
0: Yeah. So, what are you doing then, Neil? I got hooked on it, really. Yeah. I, as I say, I, I went along to a session, not really knowing what to expect, and there were a, a succession of them, those opportunities, and I realised, that in a, in a very modest way, that you can do something that could make a slight difference to somebody's life. And yeah, I think we we probably all feel that at times, don't we? And
3: yeah, I must admit, well, it's quite off-putting when you get mums bursting into tears because that's the first time they've seen their kids doing something slightly sporty. It's...
0: Yeah, it's those
3: things, isn't it? Those little things. But... It's a big emotional tug, really. A big kiddie's smile's worth a lot.
1: Oh, that's great. Well, thank you, Neil, for joining us. And that's been Pleasure. really interesting. And and hopefully things with the disability cricket will keep going up.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Sir I really hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast and we thank you so much for listening.